Welcome to ICUP with We. This is a podcast that chronicles our pursuit of knowledge as we explore the pop culture phenomenon that is the Insane Clown Posse. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing 2005's The Calm. What is up, everybody? Uh, big ol' hello to all of our listeners out there. This is ICUP with We. The intro was correct. My name is Aaron. I have somebody on the other line with me. Believe it or not, this is pretty new. If you're if you're first time listener, I've been doing this alone the whole first season and the first episode of season two. I think at least. Maybe I was doing it with the voices in my head. But now I'm here with the co-host with the co-most, Eric. Yeah, uh, thanks for letting me join you. I've been listening for the first 24 episodes, so super stoked for episode 25 to to jump in and join you here. Thank you. Long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) First-time co-host. Long-time listener, first-time co-host, Eric. Yeah. Um, So... Eric, we've been goofing. You've been with me the entire time. You've been the it's backbone true. of this pod. You have, you have been oh, thank you. the workhorse. Um, I just bring my talented radio personality voice to the table. Right. And that's why we're doing this. Uh, yes, to, to just yell and scream and flex our uh, beautiful, rich syrup-like flowing voices out of our gullets no purely to showcase your talent that's the only reason nothing more and the only thing honestly i only do things that showcase my talent if i'm not good at it i take my ball and i go home my dear boy same that is exactly (laughs) how i operate my entire life well hey it's a special episode because it is this is the this episode is released the week of All Hallows Eve, if you believe it or not. Ooh. Um, so instead of talking about what's been going on in our dumb lives, we're going to talk a little something. Uh, we're going to rank top three candies on Halloween versus top three shit candies on Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. This is basically we are going to each rank when we go trick or treating because we both still do. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't even eat this shit anymore. I just collect it throw it out just to know I got it. But we're ranking in your in your bag when you get home and you dump it on the floor and you sort everything very strategically, which I know you do, which three candies are in the top rank for you that you most want and which three are in the bottom that you're like, I want to get the fuck rid of this. That's, you know, three weeks after Halloween when that bag is still hanging in your room and you've picked away. What are the three things that are still in there? So what is left? What is left? So shall we start with bottom and then go for the top? Like, or shall we stop, start at the top and then go to the bottom? I think we should start uh, from the bottom and then, you know, get to now we're here, uh, the top. Okay. Okay. So 
Why don't you give me your first bottom of the list candy? So we're going to go from least worst to the worst. To the worst worst. Right. Yes. To the worst worst. Um, yes. Honestly, I think my third place of worst candy has to be those little uh, the root beer hard candy root beer barrels. Yeah, the root beer barrels. Not good. You don't see them a lot anymore, but they are not good. This is a funny thing, man. I'm a fan of root beer flavored stuff. I don't know Mm. why. I just Mm. am like root beer ice cream, especially. But any hard candy, I'm okay with putting in the bottom. If I had to pick a hard candy that was least gross, it would probably be a root beer flavored one. But I'm I'm with you. Just getting one tiny ass root beer barrel candy, whack. See, and and I think root beer flavored stuff is amazing. But I think the root beer flavored hard candy just feels empty to me. It just doesn't taste as good as anything else that's root beer flavored. Uh, Anyways, what what's your third? Okay, here's my third. Good and plenty. Ooh, yeah. I feel. I feel like it tastes like somebody took uh, tar from the road and wrapped it in a candy shell. The only reason it's not the most worst for me is because it comes in a really cool box and they look cool because they're like pink and white. And you might be able to find somebody that likes black licorice to trade them to. But outside of that, that's number three worst for me. Hey, good and plenty, man. More like terrible and way too much. Am I right? <laughs> exactly Uh, (laughs) yeah no fuck fuck those those are terrible candy okay let's move on to number two worst my number two worst has to be believe it or not twizzlers twizzlers not a fan of twizzlers never have been i I feel like they're very gummy their their taste is kind of they're gummy and grainy i don't know i don't know if it's a texture thing it's a flavor thing just i hate twizzlers uh you know i'm kind of with you I'm a big fan of licorice, or at least I was, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But Twizzlers are like hard and chewy and not like a good soft licorice. Whack. Exactly. Whack, indeed. Uh, Dude, I used to work with this guy that in meetings, like would sit there in a meeting and pull out these tiny individually wrapped single Twizzlers and unwrap them and eat them during meetings. And we were like, ugh. what is this guy? Where is he getting those? Where did he have that hidden? I feel like the individually wrapped Twizzlers are something that you really could only buy like packs of variety packs of at Halloween time. So right. Is he just buying like this is like in, in May, though. In, right. Like, is he just buying a year round stock in October of individually wrapped Twizzlers? I, I don't know. Maybe that's actually probably pretty likely. Yes. The logistics of it just make me go insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, hey, Eric, how, what's your number two? My number two is kind of tough, but I'm going to have to go with Smarties. I think that's the wackest, like lamest, like if you want to put in minimal effort, buy Smarties. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Smarties. I feel like you can also lump in like uh, blow pops with those because I feel like those or- come in the exact same variety packs. A dumb dumb suckers as well. Like yes, if you're yeah, putting yeah. in minimal effort, dumb dumb suckers and smarties. Those like, are like fuck out of here with that. Every every stores, you know, all these different stores, they have their their variety packs, and you can get the name brands at Walmart, Target, Kroger, any grocery yeah. store. You get the smarties and the dumb dumbs. You get those at Big Lots. You get those right. at Dollar General. You know what I'm saying? Those are no. The, what you do. You go to the bank and you steal them out of the <laughs> jar that's on the counter at the bank. Let me tell you one time 
I, I was obsessed with with getting suckers at the bank. And uh, <laughs> one time they forgot. We went through the uh, drive through and they forgot to give me one uh, when my oh. mom asked and uh, ruined my day, man. I believe that. I mean, clearly, believe it affected that. me if I'm still talking about it probably 15 years later. <laughs> Dude, I that was like if we went through the drive-thru at the bank, like they better be giving me a sucker. And oh, yeah. uh root beer is a good kind to get. I'm just gonna throw that out there. They are good, but you know what? If it's Halloween, I don't fucking want them, dude. I get them no, year round no. at the bank, baby. Yeah, right. I get that at the bank for free for <laughs> making a deposit or something. Come on. So All right. Let's talk our worst, number one worst candy. Yes. And mine, it's kind of generic. I don't really know quite names of them or a specific brand of them, but I think you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's two or three things that this could be, and I've already got my mind going on what you might pick, but go for it. Any, like, hot cinnamon hard candy. Ah, like uh, Atomic Fireballs. Yeah, like, what the fuck? That's not candy. That's torture. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here with that. Get out. I feel like there was a point in time where Atomic Fireballs were like a cool thing at school for somebody to have. But like, don't put that in my Halloween trick-or-treating bag. Don't do that. Dude, I want to get hopped up on sugar. I don't want to drink five gallons of milk because my mouth is on fire from one hard candy. Yeah, well, I mean... If you like spicy stuff, then maybe, but okay. That's an interesting pick and not what I expected. I fully expected the two that are like the most uh, popularly maligned uh, Halloween candies, I would say would be like uh bit honey or Mary Jane's like who's buying those. Oh, yeah. Fuck what, those. You always get those um, or candy corn. Of course. Hmm. I think we might differ on this, dude. People hate on that. I know. I I'm not saying those are the ones I'm picking. I'm saying oh, that's what I expected okay, yeah. because no, people no. tend to hate those. I'm a, I'm a big fan of candy corn TBH uh, in moderation. Right. I can't eat like a whole bag of it, but if I have right. like a couple handfuls, good. So again, for clarification, I haven't eaten most any of these Halloween candies in many many years, but I have very vivid memories of them. I don't hate candy corn the way a lot of people do, but I, I also wouldn't say I like it. You know what I do really like though. Mellow cream pumpkins, which are the same thing, but better to me. I don't think I've ever had that. Really? They're like, they look like a little pumpkin with a green stem on the top. And it's like a candy corn, but the inside is soft. I'll have to look out for those. Yeah, Yeah, check check those out. You ready for my actual number one, though? Yes, please, please. It actually just thinking about it. Honestly, I'm thinking about trying to eat this in the flavor. And it, it made me gag when I thought about it. Circus peanuts. Oh, fuck. (laughs) They're the worst. Like, what is it? Is it a marshmallow? And why does it taste so weird? I don't know. Like, I like marshmallows, but those are disgusting. I feel like Sergus peanuts might go over some listeners heads uh, simply because that feels like a very like our time. Like, I think I kind of caught the tail end of that time. Um, Maybe after I grew out of trick or treating, I think that's when the like emphasis and obsession of like individually wrapped everything has to be sanitary kind of yeah. thing goes you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah. I, but i still remember getting like little individual baggies from like old women that have nothing fucking else better to do <laughs> than to give me a fucking little mini bag of kettle corn a circus peanut and like a toothbrush you know what i mean <laughs> You know what the worst was? People people hate on people that would give out boxes of raisins, but uh, 
the people that would throw some change in your bag and you'd be like, well, I got all this candy and then I've got uh, three nickels, two dimes and a penny. Like, why is this yeah, in here? Thanks. This is going directly into my parents like center console in their car. Right. Like, right. This is my, not mine. My grandma used to be the worst house on the block because <laughs> she gave out apples. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants an apple in their trick or treat bag. Nobody. Nobody wants that. You know, I remember the when I was a little kid, a wee lad, if you will. There was yeah. a uh, a house that was like behind my parents' house, mm-hmm. and they did like a little ha- haunted house thing. So you had to like walk up through the haunted house like long driveway to get to your like to get to the candy. And uh, <laughs> I walked up. And I was terrified. I think I was like six or seven years old. I was very terrified. Did not want to go. My dad finally convinced me to walk up together. We walk up. It was very terrifying. It was scary. They're like older kids that didn't trick or treat anymore. Would dress up and jump out and stuff like that. For me to get to the top. To get one banana Laffy Taffy. (laughs) And I was so. I was so pissed off that i didn't get any sort of chocolate it was just a banana laffy taffy wow that Uh, sucks that that right there is god awful um wow well with that being said (laughs) let's let's get to the best the good candy um so i started first on the bad candy We're, we're gonna let eric start first on the good candy eric your number three pick for uh top halloween candy all right, I'm my number three, and again, uh, these are this is to memory. When I used to trick or treat, these were the things that I think I probably liked getting the best. And I don't think I would ever go to the store and pick one of these out, but for some reason, getting the three musketeers, the fun size in there, that was pretty dope. Oh, absolutely, three musketeers, fantastic yeah. candy. I feel like Three Musketeers is, um, it did not make my top three, but it is something I was joyful uh, whenever I got it. So I think my my third candy choice for favorite has to be just a classic mini Hershey's bar. Really? Just oh, straight yeah, up man. mini Hershey's? Oh, yeah. Because you can put that bad boy in your mouth. You don't have to bite it or chew it. You could just kind of like let it melt in your mouth a little bit if you wanted. Fantastic. That's an interesting pick. Let me ask you a question. I've thought about this many times, but I've never had a real conversation about it with anybody. Mm-hmm. So you got a Hershey's bar, right? Yes. If you add almonds, it's a Hershey's bar with almonds. If you make it dark chocolate, it's Hershey's dark. Why, when you put peanuts in it, is it called Mr. Good Bar? <laughs> That's a very good question. This doesn't make sense. Um, I, I feel like there's a guy that was named like Mr. Good that worked for the uh, Hershey's corporation that maybe uh, it was his signature Hershey's is, is he would love to just add peanuts to his bar. Yeah. And then maybe he died like a, this is what I think. I think he died a very unfortunate death early on and they had to honor him. So they made a widely <laughs> available peanuts Hershey's bar called the Mr. Good bar. That's wacky, but maybe true because like they have all these crazy ass Hershey bar variations. They've got Hershey's gold and they've got all this stuff, but it's still called a Hershey's bar. But you put peanuts in that bitch. It is no longer a Hershey's bar. Hell no. No. Can I tell you the cookies and cream Hershey's bar? Fantastic. 
Yeah. It's something uh, I didn't get obsessed with till adulthood, but it is great. I've always figured Hershey's is a generic enough thing that nobody's like, man, I love a Hershey's bar. Like if you're making s'mores and you're camping, then sure. But I just never pictured people. I never pictured people like going to the store and being like, that's the candy bar. I want a Hershey's bar, man. I'll, I'll go to the store. I'll pick up one of those XXL ones, like the big ones. And then yeah. Emily and I'll just split one of those bad boys. But but Hershey's with almonds is yeah. is like my top top candy bar. It's not something I ever got on Halloween, so it didn't make my list. But Hershey's almonds is my top candy bar. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm a big Hershey. Let's uh, continue on with our list then and find out what was your number two. My number two. So we started off with a little classic Hershey's bar. We're going to move into mini package of peanut M&Ms. That's actually a pretty good pick. That's a pretty good pick. Again, still food, still candies that I eat well into adulthood because I love me some peanut M&Ms and it started with Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, My number two, I think, would probably be Twix. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty good. There's a lot of candy that's going to be left off of this list, in my opinion. Yes. Um, As you can see already, I'm a big chocolate guy. Uh, and, and, and my number one pick will, uh, will also, also, uh, be indicative of that. Um, my number one pick, Eric. Yes. A good old individually wrapped Reese's cup. That's my number one as well. Oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dude. I, I love peanut butter. I'm a huge peanut butter fan and I'm not, you know, you were just saying you're a big chocolate. I'm, I'm really not a big chocolate fan. I don't eat chocolate anymore i haven't in a long time but it's not because i hate chocolate i just i just stopped eating or drinking anything that had caffeine chocolate was one of those things so i just kind of fell into the groove where i don't eat chocolate really but right uh i'm not a huge chocolate fan but chocolate and peanut butter together especially in an individually wrapped reese's peanut butter cup you just can't lose you can't can't, yeah i mean i if i open my Halloween bag at the end of the night and I see more than five of those bad boys in there. I'm eating all of them. Dude, it doesn't matter how many Reese's cups I got that night. They yeah. were all being eaten that night. I mean, as basic as it may seem, I think Reese's peanut butter cup may be the king of Halloween candy. I, th- I think it is. too, And, and I think, uh, I think a lot of people are going to agree with us. Yeah, it's basic, but it's basic for a reason. Cause it's a gosh, darn classic. You know what almost made my top three, but I left it off only because I knew this was going to be my number one is Reese's Pieces. Ooh, yeah. Reese's Pieces. Almost. Really good. um, So one thing that got left off of my top three is uh, uh, individually packaged Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids are pretty good. Yeah, I I, I felt like those were uh, huge for my childhood. And once again, still eat Sour Patch Kids to this day, not as frequently, but as I do chocolate. But um, that is probably my non-chocolate pick. You know, it's interesting. Chocolate candies and like name brand candy bars are obviously like the ultimate when it comes to getting stuff in the trick or treat bag. The next tier below that will be name for me, like name brand fruit chew type stuff, your Starbursts, your Skittles, things like that. And then you get into the tier below that, which is like 
you know, all the stuff that was in our bottom, you know, like your, your Tootsie Rolls and your, uh, dumb, dumb suckers and your smarties and things like that. Yeah. I didn't even think about like Skittles and Starburst. Damn, man. The individually wrapped Skittles or like the little packets of Skittles that you can just shot, like shoot them into your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Man. The other one that almost made my list is payday because I think paydays are really good. Oh, yeah, Paydays are good. Yeah. I like paydays. It's it's, it's, it's a weird candy, but um, I think it's pretty good. Kit Kat bars were snubbed. Yeah. Kit Kats are, are you know, probably I think a, a sort of favorite amongst, you know, kids and, and trick or treating. Like, I don't think I would have ever in my life gone to the store and just bought one. But when you get an airhead in there, those are kind of cool. Yeah, airheads are good. You know, it's funny. Uh, we were at the grocery store the other day. I say the other day. It was like a couple months ago. Um, we were at the grocery store and we we're like, all right, we're going to watch a movie tonight. Let's go grab like some candy. So we'll like grab like one little chocolate thing for each of us. And then um, we'll usually grab like a, a package of something non-chocolate to share. And Emily picked up a, a, a bag of airheads and she looks at me and, and, and holds them up. I was like, huh? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah like that i was like i haven't eaten one of those in probably eight years yeah fucking get them they're good man they hold up they hold hell up yeah. Um, hell yeah you know what and it's funny because as we're as we're doing this list i've just added probably three candy items to my shopping list whenever <laughs> i go to the grocery store this afternoon uh yep. and i'm probably gonna end up deleting them out because i feel bad because i don't want to get all this candy um anyways <laughs> Hey, that was our our list uh, and a little festive Halloween stuff happening on the episode. Yeah. And I highly encourage all of you don't go trick or treating this year. You don't need to do it. Buy the candy. Eat it at home. That way you get exactly what you want. They'll be next year for trick or treating. That's that's just my stance. If you have kids, have them dress up, walk them from your back door around your front door. Have them knock on the door and then just give them the whole bag of candy that you bought. Yeah. Just dump that entire bag of Reese's Cups and it's the best Halloween ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, that was Halloween. Yes, please don't go trick-or-treating. I want the world to get better. Um, Yes. But let's get to music in 2005. So we have a list here uh, that Eric compiled um, of the most popular hip-hop albums of 2005. You want to run through these with us? Yeah, you know, uh, I looked at this list and I all of a sudden felt like I was in a different era of my life uh, when all of this happened, like more, more aware and adult, I guess, because I remember all of this stuff coming out in a different way than the previous stuff we've discussed. Uh, so here's here's what 2005 looked like. The biggest album of the year was 50 Cent The Massacre with the track Candy Shop. Uh, you remember that song? I do. Also, topical. Um, yes. I'll take you to the topical. candy shop. Super yeah. good song. Uh, number two was Kanye West with Late Registration. This one featuring the tracks Gold Digger and Touch the Sky. Yes, I remember this one. I remember I really dug the uh, album artwork for this one. With the bear? Yeah. You had this cartoon bear. bear thing going on there. You know, and it, it the cartoon bear kind of carried throughout the 2000s, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, number three was the game. Uh, part of that whole G-Unit Records family thing with the album, the documentary, 
And the song that I guess without really paying much attention, I legit thought was a 50 cent song called how we do. If you remember that song, this is how we do. I always oh, thought, oh yeah, I think, I think 50 cent is on there, but I guess I just assumed it was the other way around 50 cent for featuring the game, but it also hmm. had the song hate it or love it. Uh, number four, yet again, another Eminem album. He, you know, make hay while the sun's shining. That's, that's what my grandpa always said. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eminem released Curtain Call, The Hits, with four new songs, and two of those became new hits, Shake That and When I'm Gone. I don't think I listened to this Eminem album. No? You've heard Um, those songs, I promise you. I'm sure I have, yeah. I'm sure I have. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also just a greatest hits album with four new songs on it. Yeah, and I think that's why I skipped it over. Yeah, probably. Uh, number five, various artists, the Get Rich or Die Tryin' original soundtrack. Uh, that's the movie that 50 Cent was in. An interesting mm. story. The movie theater near my house where I lived at that time, uh, somebody got shot at on opening night oh, at the wow. theater when that was happening because there were two sort of rival groups there to see that movie. Did you go see it on opening night? I was no. Luckily, I was not there. Uh, it that album had multiple singles. Most of them I wasn't familiar with, but strangely enough, it had the song "Window Shopper." The only way I ever heard this song previous to listening to it now is the Lily Allen cover that was on her first album. Number six is Lil Wayne, The Carter Two, with the song "Fireman," which is a hilarious song, unintentionally hilarious to me. Did you like the Carter too? Have you? Have, is that an album you listen to? It's not. I never. I. I'll. I'll just come out and admit. I've never sat down and listened to a Lil Wayne album. I've heard songs, but never. I've never been a fan, so I've never made the time to listen to an album. So I. I went through a little. I was a little Wayne head. Uh, oh. I was a Wayne head in every sense of the word. I loved Wayne's World, and I loved Lil Wayne um back when i uh, john John wayne were you a fan of john wayne john wayne and john wayne gacy believe it or not oh Um, wow both yeah both both so really uh the quadruple threat of wayne bruce wayne any bruce wayne fandom yeah bruce wayne uh, probably less so than than john wayne gacy but yeah okay good (laughs) um real talk i think batman is a scam of a superhero i think he doesn't actually have powers he just has money and that's bullshit um that's very true but uh that is what it is um no yeah so Lil Wayne I was I was a big Wayne head back in the day and uh the Carter 2 good album good album yeah yeah I, do I've you listen to it since high school but good album <laughs> okay I I would love for you to go back and listen to Fireman now and try to tell me that it's not unintentionally funny oh I'm sure from what I remember of it yeah I mean that song was uh was definitely unintentionally funny. I think a lot of his shit was. Yeah. He seemed to be a just kind of ridiculous person. Yes, absolutely. Like uh Lollipop. Oh my god. Yeah. And his that rock album, awesome. which I did hear some of that. Now that is where he lost me. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really work. Nope. No. Uh, all right, moving on. Number seven, Tony Yeo, another G unit, uh, member. And I remember at that time, a lot of people with shirts and bandanas and things that said free Yeo, because I think he must've been put in jail. Uh, I don't know. And the album was called thoughts of a predicate felon with the song. So seductive. 
I missed a lot of this G unit stuff, man. I, every time I see something show up that's G unit records or a member of G unit doing a solo album or something, I listen to the songs and I'm like, oh, I guess I just missed this. I don't know. See, I just remembered G unit as the clothing line. I do not remember G unit. I, I think I just missed him as well. Yeah. I mean, it was a group. It was a label. It was a clothing line and probably still is. I don't know. Number eight, uh, a song that I feel like you you couldn't do anything without hearing at that time, the Ying Yang Twins with the album USA, United State of Atlanta, which is not a super clever album title, but uh, the song is called Wait or The Whisper Song. You want to whisper a couple bars for us? The radio version was, wait till you see my shh. Actually, it was more like, wait till you see my shh. There we go. Yes. Yeah, you have to whisper it. And the beat was just like, it was just that. <laughs> so glad you did the beat. Yeah. Yeah. You need, if I could do both at once, I would, but I can't. Uh, maybe I'll layer them over top of each other right now. Where do you see my sh- Where do you see my sh- Cool. Anyway, number nine. Common with the album B. Now, I'm far more familiar with Common as an actor in the recent years than as a rapper, but early on, and he was I'm, definitely... I'm what, way more familiar with B the movie. The B movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can brush my right over that joke, please. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so uh, on this album, the, the big tracks were Go... And The Food, which mm. featured Kanye West as well. And uh, number 10 that year, Missy Elliott with The Cookbook and the song Lose Control. I was not a huge Common or Missy Elliott guy. Um, uh, I, th- I think Common brought something really interesting to the table because as far as mainstream rap and hip hop at that time, he was one of the big breakthroughs doing, you know, smart, intelligent you know, underground indie sort of hip hop that that blew up and, you know, he became a big star, you know, acting as well and stuff, which was pretty cool. But that Missy Elliott song was super popular. Lose control. Yeah, I I remember that song. I just I don't think I sat down and listened to anything that wasn't like a top hit from hers or or his. Um, Same. I mean, I've just heard what was on the radio for the most part. Uh, A couple of other noteworthy releases that year. Gorillaz released Demon Days with Feel Good Inc. and Dare. A couple of big hits for them. And I can't believe this wasn't one of the biggest albums of the year, but Chameleon Air released The Sound of Revenge with the song Riding featuring Crazy Bone. Like, that was a big song. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Vanilla Ice released Platinum Underground. Good job, Vanilla Ice. Yeah, I went and looked at it. 25 new tracks, one of them being a remake of Ice Ice Baby. And uh, it, some of the tracks are like weird metal songs, and some of them are just like modern hip hop. It's like all these different weird styles. It's very strange. So here's what Psychopathic Records was doing. Uh, and I think in the last, well, two episodes ago, maybe three, I said that 2004 was the year they released the most records. Actually, this year ties it for just as many uh, because Twisted released two albums a month apart 
which makes it also nine new releases. So Jump Steady, Master of the Flying Guillotine, Anybody Killer, The Road Fools EP, Esham released A1 Yola, ICP released, obviously, The Calm, Uh, Twisted released Man's Myth Volume 1 and Mutant Volume 2, which is weird because usually something would have to have the same title to be volume, volume one, and one two. and two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just two different. Uh, anyway, uh, super villains furious was released drive by the pony down prelude EP came out and forgotten freshness four. so nine albums of those nine, six charted on the billboard 200 and seven yeah. of them charted on the top indie releases. So they had a pretty good year. Yeah. Sounds like it was a decent year for them. And it sounds like 2004 and 2005 were, I mean, 18 albums in two years. That's a lot. Psychopathic was busy. Very busy. So that's kind of what music was like in 2005. Let's talk about this album specifically. Uh, Eric, I think you compiled a list of some stuff, uh, some facts about it. Um, A lot of these facts are very interesting to me. I have a feeling Mm. they'll be interesting to our listeners. Um, So why don't we hop on in? Yeah, not a lot of details, but the ones that are here definitely tell you a lot about what we're going to hear, I think. So the album released on May 17th, 2005, less than nine months after Hell's Pit released. So they didn't wait very long to jump back into it. Uh, This EP was fully produced by ICP at the Lotus Pod. This is the first album that they fully produced themselves. No outside producers. The only outside producer they had was Fritz the Cat, who didn't produce any tracks, but rather just mixed and mastered the album, which this, it it's, I you know, we'll talk about it when we get into the tracks, but yeah, I think that that's a very important note here. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. This EP actually sets up their next full-length album, which is called The Tempest, but this was almost two years ahead of that album, which makes me wonder if they initially planned to release it sooner. Not sure. Uh, the cover of the album features uh, fields with crop circles and storms in the distance. The crop circles shown on the cover, if you look, actually spell out ICP, uh, which they used as a logo for a little while. Uh, the album, when it released, hit number 32 on the Billboard 200 and went straight to number one on the top independent album charts. Amazing. Yeah. So for season two, we're actually going to make a little bit of a change. We're going to talk about our overall thoughts on uh, the piece of art we are reviewing after we get into song by song. That way we can summarize and review it and not tip our hands as to whether or not we liked it or disliked it before we actually get into our in-depth thoughts. But before we do get into track by track, one thing we'll start doing is giving our impressions on the album cover and artwork. And this album cover and artwork is the perfect place to start doing that. Yeah. This yeah. is bad. It's a it's a strange one for me because I feel that there are some really mixed um concepts here you know the calm before the storm there's storms you've got this calm field which i could go yeah i get that however the execution is like bad photoshop but there's also crop circles which i'm like how does that factor in i don't know what do you think yeah the crop circles uh were very strange to me i don't even think this is bad photoshop i think this is bad ms paint like, I, I don't yeah. even think they had they paid for a program to do this. 
Yeah, there's you know some bad mean? perspective there. There's some kind of shoddy like blur work on copy paste, you know, images and things. Plus, they used just like a standard font for their name and the name of the album. Guys, defont.com is a, a free website where you can get just tons and tons of, of unique fonts that people created and have put the zip files of them in the on the website for you to download. Yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to you can use, download fonts for free. You don't have to use a, a, a Microsoft Word font. Or shit, you know enough people that are are probably artists have somebody build you a logo call me i'll do one yeah i mean this is this album artwork is i would look at this as a diehard icp fan i would look at this and think all right i don't know about buying this album the one positive i'll give it is conceptually I see what they were doing. And I like the concept of the calm field with the storm approaching. I think that's kind of cool. Had it been done differently. Um, and I like the colors of it. But I, 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 the only reason that it might have stood out to me, you know, if you're a fan and you're going, okay, six jokers card just ended. I'm looking at this. This represents a change. It looks different. They're doing something different. Maybe this is signaling a, a shift for them. I don't know. But that's not true. a great album cover. That's not a great true. album it cover. It does signify something different. I will give you that. Um, but it signifies it's it execution wise, it could have been way better. Um, so yeah. that's the that's our thoughts on the album cover. Um, let's go ahead and start track by track. Uh Eric, what what were your thoughts on the intro track? Yeah, so I think this is actually a cool intro. I like the music for this. Um but my big issue is that the intro doesn't directly acknowledge the previous Joker's cards or the ongoing story, the 15 years worth of uh, sort of story and persona that they built up. It just kind of jumps into talking about the Tempest, which is a storm that's coming and is going to take people away. And they're asking who will be left to join us for the new dawn, which is weird because it feels like, is this not the new dawn? I think that this song really sets up something that could have been interesting, but it's it's a missed opportunity because as they are starting off this album and as they're talking about the Tempest and that there's a brief calm before the storm comes, this was their opportunity to lay out, here's the next chapter of our story. Here's We're leaving all that behind and we're doing something new. And I feel like they kind of were half-hearted. They never came out and said it. They never really set up what was going to be ahead of us and if there's a new story that we're embarking on like they they suggested it but then when you get past the intro there's no songs that really illustrate okay we're we're onto something new thematically like it doesn't start off a theme i don't know that might have been a lot what are, what did you think about this intro so i think this intro was was really good i i liked how it was executed I think it perfectly sets up the tempest. I think you're right. It, it is. It kind of shows a brief calm before the storm. But the biggest issue I take with it is that this was a two year calm before the storm. I think that they and I'm sure this is not what they had intended. I don't think they laid it out and say, hey, let's release this EP. That's going to be a huge change for us looking past the Joker's cards and then wait two years. There's no way right. they thought that right. I 100% think 
in a perfect world in a perfect timeline they would have released these uh this ep in the beginning of the year and then instead of forgotten freshness for the tempest i i fully agree with you i that has to have been part of their intent absolutely or or maybe even like early the next year you know like release them a year apart or something but you know i i I agree i think it's it's a well-executed opening i think it's cool yes i would have definitely liked to hear them more directly acknowledge that was the end of that this is the beginning of something new but they they do and don't you know they they sort of just like i feel like they're veering toward it and then steer away and don't do it yeah um i feel like some acknowledgement of the joker's cards would have been fantastic even if it was like uh okay if you're hearing this you are part of the only people that are alive that survived the joker's cards or something like that you know survived the dark carnival or something like that even if they said the past is the past we're leaving it behind us you know now we're headed on to something different you know right like they kind of do but kind of don't as a matter of fact this next track if we can move on to the, the second song I feel like, again, is really close to referencing that they are moving on. It's called rolling over. What do you think? Yes. So one thing I do need to say real fast is that you cannot listen to this EP on shuffle because they start they change songs mid sentence. Um, So the intro ended with together ICP is. And then rolling over starts with rolling over from the exact right. same sentence. They right. cut the right. se- they splice the sentence into two songs. So and they do that in a couple of places. Yes, and the, yeah, this is not the only place that they do it. So yeah, this is a bad EP for you to just toss on shuffle. Okay, I think this started out great. As soon as the music hit, I was stoked. I'll Where be you? honest with you. I loved the beat in this one. The flows were sick as fuck. The hook, I have not fully enjoyed a hook like this one in a very long time. Yeah, I I, I very much so enjoyed this song. Um, and and knowing that this was not produced by anything anybody but themselves put me a little on edge and nervous whenever we we hopped in. I thought it was going to be very overthought, maybe. And I feel like it's it's not overthought. Hmm. I hate the fuck out of this beat oh hate it (laughs) i hate it uh i feel like we went from a really intense and dramatic intro to just this happy goofy song with like this bad like uh trumpet keyboard patch and i just i i I hated it i hated it (laughs) i hated it flows are decent but it all felt a little bit tired to me because I didn't feel like they had anything to say. The chorus, the chorus does reference the, the hook says there's still so far to go. So I guess they're referencing that they're just going to keep going after the sixth. So I, I get that, but the song just felt like, uh, like they didn't really have anything to say there. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of deep things in this EP. No, I think they're kind of treating the calm as like a, um, uh, sorbet in between courses, something that you and I have never experienced. I can pretty no, much guarantee never. because never, never, that's 
fancy people shit. But um, bro, I eat one course of food. Whatever's yeah. on my plate. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Cor- the only course, the only other course I eat is a pint of ice cream after my food. Um, oh, yeah. That's dessert. Yeah, which is dessert, which is, like, I think, a normal person course, right? Yeah, second course. Second course. So, yeah, I feel like the calm, this entire EP, this song definitely shows that is go- it's going to be very light, nothing very heavy into it. It's just going to be a little palate cleanser for what's to come. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. I I mean I see that um, that perspective. That's interesting. Because of that, I don't really take too much issue with the beat feeling fun. Uh it, it, this very much so felt the two of them going a little bit back to their roots and doing some fun stuff in the studio and not really taking themselves too seriously. Yeah, I guess so. Uh I'll tell you what I did like. I liked the skit at the end of this one. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, the skit uh, on this one was uh, was re- really good. Just it, it was a yeah a bouncer having to kick uh, Shaggy Two Dope out because uh, or having to stop him at the door because of a dress code. Um, <laughs> and he was like, uh, "Man, you ain't even got a shirt on. You you got on one shoe. I don't know what you're trying to do." And Shaggy's just like, "I can dance, bitch. I can dance." <laughs> Don't get served. I'll serve you. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, this is a good skit at the end of this one. Which, which again, does exactly what you talked about from the intro into rolling over. Mid-sentence starts into the next song. Yes, mid-sentence starts into the next song. Um, What were your thoughts on Rosemary? All right, so Rosemary. Uh, You know, after listening to this a couple of times... The first time I listened, I was like, I, I don't know if this really comes together. But the second time I listened, I did. I think I think I get it. There's some social commentary here. Yeah. Um, I I think this has a very early ICP feel, which is kind of cool. It's got that sort of the stalker thing, but a little bit darker going on. It's not particularly funny. Takes me back to like the Beverly Kills ringmaster terror wheel era. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know if it's quite up to the standards of what was on most of those albums. Beats kind of interesting. Chorus is a little bit different. It's a little different for them. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was okay. What'd you think? I thought it was a pretty good song. Um, the beat I, I, I enjoyed the hook was just okay. It was pretty good. I wish the beat on the hook was a little bit more fleshed out than it was. It kind yeah. of felt like it was more of a demo. It had more of a demo feel like it wasn't like the finalized beat. The flows were dope. Um, I, I, I did, uh, I did like the flows, but yeah, it wasn't a particularly funny song. Um, but it was, it was a good song overall. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, you know, I mean, uh, that skit actually rolled into this one really nicely. Cause it's about, um, you know, somebody that appears to be a transient or potentially a, I'm going to guess crackhead because of the way he was talking about stuff, uh, yeah. but outside the club looking in and all of the things that happened after he sees this girl. And then at the end, basically saying uh, all that was in my head. None of it actually happened. I'm still standing outside this club looking in at her. So, right. I don't right. know. It was an interesting song. All right. Uh, then we went into... <laughs> A song called Crop Circles. What did you think on that? 
I think this song is named Crop Circles to give them an excuse to put Crop Circles on the album cover. Um, yeah, I wonder which direction that went. Yeah, which I came don't know. first? Uh, my guess was the chicken, but very could well be the egg, right? Yeah, um, could be. Yeah. So this song was kind of forgettable for me. I mean, they had pretty good good flows in it. I don't know. I liked Shaggy starting off. You know, we get a lot of Violent J. We we've always talked that ICP is is Violent J and mainly and then Shaggy, right? Yes. Um, yes. So it's always refreshing to get Shaggy to start a song off. Um, yeah. The hook, the crop circles are talking to me. Circle something, circle something. The crop circles are talking to me. Circle something, circle something. Something solely meant just for me. I don't know. I just this song is forgettable. Like I, I'll I'll probably forget this song the second we end this episode. Right. Yeah. I I think this is not a great song. The beat's kind of cool and chill, but what is the concept here? Um, not that every song has to have a concept, but this one clearly does. I just don't know if I get it. Uh, seems to be about nothing, really. And uh, I, the best thing I can say is that it has a Wizard of the Hood EP vibe, sound-wise. Yeah, I could hear that. Yeah, I could definitely hear that. Yeah, but how does this factor into the the tempest or the calm like i'm just not sure if they're trying to build something it feels so random and kind of detached but and then there's a skit at the end a baby right. mama skit at the end of it you know if if they wanted this to build some you know if they wanted this to factor into the tempest or the calm or whatever they needed to do some some extra legwork before this song to set this up right yeah Cause it, it kind of yeah. does come out of nowhere and it's kind of confusing but yeah that skit at the end uh plays perfectly into the next song which is so the skit is basically just a you know guy arguing with his his baby mama uh um, yeah and then which leads into uh number five deadbeat moms eric thoughts yeah. uh this one features isham on the on the chorus yes. and and on a verse but I, I wasn't a big fan of this song. I think the beat is kind of fun, but it's kind of a throwaway track. I think the Isham verse is kind of a mess, but I also kind of liked it. I think the chorus is kind of rough. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I the song is okay, but but not not a not a song I particularly liked. It's just a a kind of jokey song about the all, all three of them that have kids with women that are deadbeats and just want money from them. I guess. Yes. So um, when this song started out, man, did I enjoy the hard hitting beginning of just Violent J coming in right on the beat. Bitch, back up because you're dimming my shine. You got nine kids, only two of them mine. You're like, damn, that was dope. Uh, The beat was sick. Uh, I've got a couple good lines written down for me. First of all, that first line was was pretty pretty fucking hard, and it it drops you right into what the song is about, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I have a line in Violent J's verse there that I really liked as well. But yes, I think we might have the same line. So one line that I have written down that is a Violent J line is, um, "And every time I'm with you, I'm smelling nothing but baby poop." <laughs> which i thought was really good uh <laughs> i think um the flows on this song were dope i i i disagree with you i think this song was great i think it's a silly song it doesn't really have a point other than just comedy 
and uh, and all that. But I, I think he's good. I think I do agree with you though that the Isham verse was a little bit of a mess. I think it far and large was the weakest point of this song. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It was not bad. Like I think the 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 sloppiness of it or disjointedness of it kind of added to the charm of it for me. But I don't yeah. know. The line that I really liked is in Violent J's verse where he's talking to his baby mama and he refers to her as a dirty scoundrel. And <laughs> that was just funny to yeah, me. I don't know. Of, a scoundrel doesn't really. Right. Yeah. Like I uh, thought that was funny. You got There's Wick, a, food stamps and ADC. Why are you still fucking with me? You dirty scoundrel bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that is weird. I thought that was funny. Um, the last line I actually have written down um, is a violent or I'm sorry, a shaggy two dope line. And it is baby mama, baby mama, baby mama. Fuck <laughs> off. All I know, you should have just jacked me off. Um, now, I know he rhymes off and off, but come on, it's. First of all, fuck off is is definitely a shaggy two dope special at this point. Yes. Um, but yeah, all I know you should have just jacked me off was was really fucking funny in my opinion. It is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. And then we have a skit at the end of this one as well. Yes. And this skit again cuts mid sentence to lead us into the uh, the next song. Um, but this skit is is pretty much just complaining about baby mamas and, and shit like yeah. that. It's kind of um, kind of useless. Yeah, and so I don't know what they gonna name it, but if they break up out this, that's where it cuts into the next yeah. song. We'll be up all right. Uh, starts. Yeah. Uh, what you what you think of will be all right though? Beat was kind of cool. Um, the song seems a little a little forgettable for me, but if you actually dig into the the lyrics of it, right? Yeah. They're coming to repo my truck, big bills, shit kills, no pills, I'm out of refills. It's yeah, it kind of gets deep, right? The flows were okay. I love the skit at the end, but we'll get to that when we get to that. I have a feeling, and I might be completely wrong on this, but this song was, you know, just talking about why they don't, you know, why they're scared to end after those Joker cards. Maybe. I I listened to this song, and I feel like this was a song that they... Maybe it was a leftover from the Wraith Shangri-La or something, because it feels like a song that could have gone on there. Yeah, um, that and, and that could be like, hey, we're, you know, this is the six Jokers guard. We'll be all right. Right. Um, yeah, maybe. I think I think it could have definitely fit there. What were your thoughts? Uh, I'm not really into this track. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of the verses. I really didn't like the chorus. I think this was a terrible chorus. Uh, it's kind of catchy, suck, yeah. but it sounds, yeah, it's it's not good. Uh, yes, I would agree. There's a lot of commentary on, you know, personal and social stuff here, but it all felt kind of half-hearted, like, like leftovers, you know, not really, they didn't really get into much of it and it didn't land to me. I don't know, about two minutes in, I was really ready for this one to be done. Yeah, this 100%, this is a song that I will skip every time i listened the best line was the beginning of the song was the end end of the last sentence of the skit from from uh deadbeat moms um <laughs> which is just uh if the you hear the full line if is if they break up out this rubber they better name it hercules motherfucker um i thought it was fucking hilarious but yeah i mean uh they also there's a dog the bounty hunter reference in this song which i thought was pretty good 
pretty funny at least but yeah i mean it was kind of half-hearted chorus sucked the skit at the end was uh really good i like the skit at the end yeah the skit's long it's uh like almost a minute and a half long it, it's long but man i was just wrapped up in it and i was reading along on genius.com and i was like yeah this 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 is pretty good this is pretty good um and the skit is essentially shaggy and violent J at a store and it seems like they're kind of dropping a lot of money uh in the store employee is kind of like trying to get them to like buy more stuff and like trying to be kind of buddy buddy with them and finally he takes them aside like hey looks like you're you know spending a lot of money out here you know you like slide me like a couple hundred bucks or something you know and then that's when shaggy uh, is like man you must be fucking crazy and they're like wait what <laughs> like give you money <laughs> yeah just give you some money yeah. yeah yeah so i thought that was good um yeah i, I like the skit a lot yeah i thought it was i thought it was okay yeah i thought it was a, i mean uh an interesting thing for them to talk about there i think that's kind of cool yeah well hey that leads us into the next track like it like that uh what were your thoughts First thing I wrote down was this song belongs on Bizarre Bizarre. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think it's because they, they're sort of doing that one-liner formula thing that they, they did before uh, yeah. like so much on, that, on those albums. But these are not, not only are these lines not clever or funny, I don't feel like they're trying to be clever or funny. They're just sort of making general statements. Yeah. Uh, there's some cool stuff about the beat and some cool scratching, but for me... This is a complete throwaway song. There's um, no use for it. But what did you think? Um, I wrote down EPs are allowed to be seven songs. I don't know if they're aware of that. Um, because this one definitely could have been left off with no, like nobody would miss this thing. You know what I mean? No. Um, no. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand like why it's here. It definitely does bel- belong on the Bizarre Bizarre era. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The beat had some redeeming factors, but other than that, it's just these half-ass one lines. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. I like the JJ Walker dynamite scratch though. That was kind of cool. Yes. Yes. That was dope. All right. Well, uh, let's just uh, move on to the next one called off the track. This is the last song. What'd you think of off the track? So this song pretty dope beat. The flows were sick. Um, I thought this song was pretty okay. I, at this point, I, 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 I'm a little bit more confident in their abilities to produce things themselves. Mm-hmm. I think they did just a fine job with this beat. Um, and I was, I was impressed for, you know, people that have not produced their own music ever, unless it was back in the days in their basement, right? Yeah, they have some like producer credits here and there but it's usually with another producer produced by icp and, and whoever so yeah yeah had a lucky charms reference in here love lucky charms um mm-hmm, you do so yeah so they they do reference the joker's cards in here the line is spend every penny that we ever made on weed and beer i make the rainest but the joker's cards is ever famous and who can blame us the carnival became us just kind of talking about getting wrapped up in the dark carnival and the Joker's cards, you know, were a massive success and stuff like that. Yeah. I do think this song is the one on the album that more directly references. Okay. Look, we did that. Now we're doing this. 
Um, it, this is, I, I think that the song has kind of a chill beat. The song overall is okay. There's a bridge that comes up twice in this song that I absolutely hate, and I don't know why they put it in. I don't understand it. It's a big musical change, and I'm like, where did this come from, and why is it in here? I do like, there's a reference to Gallagher, though. He references Sledgematic, and uh, I mean, any comedian that spends a big portion of their time smashing things with a sledgehammer, I'm with it. Yes. Um, I th- I saw the, the Sledgematic refer i thought that was really funny as well yeah um i think you know this was kind of a inconsequential end to the album though to the ep uh he ends with the line we'll never stop making music never ever 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 stop yeah and i feel like that just doesn't hit the way they maybe thought it would when they were (laughs) making the song right i agree it comes off kind of like with a uh a crass sort of fuck you if you don't like it we're gonna keep making music versus hey we love doing this and we can't stop you know i don't know it just felt weird to me yeah it felt a little ingenuine and maybe it came off as the wrong vibe uh rather than what they're trying to intend it yeah this ep the last i feel like two three tracks this ep kind of fell off very hard um but let's 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 go and get on on to our, our overall thoughts on it so my overall thoughts, I, I went in very worried about what this is going to sound like. I feel a lot better now knowing <laughs> that they're genuinely making a stylistic change, or at least at this point, right after the Joker's cards, making a stylistic change rather than just rather than continuing with the same same style of music, beats, lyrical content, all that. This felt like a thoughtful change. Now, whether they executed it correctly is arguably they are not. They didn't. But yeah. I see what they did and I see what they were meaning to do. Right. And so yeah. I I overall think this is a pretty good EP for when it came out for the um, situation in which it came out in. Could it be better? Absolutely. It, it could definitely be better. There's no arguing it couldn't be better, but it definitely could have been way worse. But uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, my thoughts on it are uh, it was pretty short, so I'll give it that. Uh, there's no cheesy rock stuff, which was nice. Yes. Uh, none of these songs are bad, but there's... There's no real standouts either. They're just all so very middling that it kind of blows my mind that this is what they chose to release as a follow-up to the first deck. Like, it's just been a few months. And if this is what you're working with, maybe hold off and keep working on songs until you have something really compelling to release. And maybe I'm wrong in thinking that, but I think this is a massive missed opportunity for them to have laid the groundwork and said, hey, Dark Carnival, Clowns, Joker's Card, that was that was the 15 years that we just wrapped up. We're going to tell you a new story now. Let us use the CP to lay the groundwork for what's about to happen next. And I don't feel like they had that in mind. I feel like it was sort of a half-baked entry into a new thing. And they were like, well, we want to keep making music. Uh, here's another thing. I don't know. Those were my thoughts. Yeah. You know, you have a good point. And I feel like myself as an artist and, and probably you as well, if you're in their shoes, 
Uh, I feel like we would probably put ourselves in an asylum trying to overthink how to correctly go about moving on from those past 15 years. Yeah. Um, where I, I think that they just didn't really think it out as much as other people would. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, I really, I guess this is a personal hope or wish they would have just taken a breather, take a year, take two years and then come back. And I would have been fine if they said the calm is our first release back. And it's going to talk all about the calm before an upcoming storm. And this whole next deck, whatever it might be, is about we're living in the calm leading up to the storm. And as you progressively get closer to the end, it's going to get more intense and crazier. And the last album is going to be, you know, the storm and what happens after the storm. And it could be a similar message to what the Joker's cards did or whatever. But I think that would have been a way to go that made it feel meaningful. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you you make a lot of good points there. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Well, thanks. But you also make a lot of good points. And I didn't think about it the way you did, that this was definitely a decisive move to go to. We're going to release something light and fun. And this is the calm before the storm. And there doesn't have to be a lot of meaning here. So that's another way to look at it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I think there's I think they probably thought both, you know, ICP, they're not idiots, right? No, clearly not. They probably thought about both of these and they probably, I guess, missed their mark on the meaningfulness, but definitely hit their mark on just making it light as a palate cleanser. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they didn't make like a, you know, I think they definitely at this point have left whatever they were doing in that Jekyll Brothers, bizarre, bizarre, like uh, into the Wraith sort of Shangri-La era with all of the sort of more rock oriented stuff. I hope, because I don't know what happens after this, but I hope that we can go, that was a thing that we did. That was, we were working with Mike P and that's what that sounded like or whatever. I don't know. But I will take that this is both a step towards something new, but also kind of reverting back to where they came from musically in a way. Definitely. Most definitely. Absolutely. Um, Well, hey, let's talk about our favorite tracks. So Eric... Eric, I usually have a general idea of what I think your favorite track is. Mm-hmm. You have played your cards close to the, your chest today, my friend. It's I'm probably because uh, because that's hard for me to pick. Uh, there's, a, <laughs> I mean, there are legitimately there's a few songs here I don't like, and the rest I have much, you know, little to no feelings about. I'd say. And if I had to choose a song that I like the best and I don't have a second or third choice, I would say Rosemary, probably. Okay. Okay. What about you? Man, I'm split between two and I'm actually going to let you pick because there are two that uh, I don't think you enjoyed (laughs) at all. Um, Okay. So I'm going to let you pick whichever is going to be the least offensive to your ears when you go back and uh, listen to this later. Um, and for me, it is in between, uh, rolling over and deadbeat moms. Oh, oof. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. Only because I think it's more the signature song on this album that is sort of signifying, Hey, we're making a change. We're going to keep going. I think you should put rolling over on. Okay. I agree with that decision. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, let's let's take a look at this bad boy. We are at 
46 songs, three Ooh. hours, 28 minutes, and it is looking great. Yeah, that's a good one. Also, the other cool thing about putting those two tracks on here is if you put Rolling Over and then Rosemary, they run together, which is a good thing. That's true. Yes, that's true. You make a good point there. So, y'all, those are our two tracks. It's time to get into some scores. Some scores. All right, music and beats. Eric, let's talk. What? What? How many <sighs> fagos you give that bad boy? I thought the beats were pretty weak on this one, to be honest. There was nothing. There was nothing terrible, but there was also not a whole lot that stood out to me that I really liked or that was memorable. Mm-hmm. I gave it a two. How about you? Okay, I gave it a two and a half. Uh, I, 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 and I knew going into it. Um, after hearing your thoughts on a couple of the songs that I was going to have a higher score than you. I thought the, the music and beats were pretty good. I think if they would have had a a producer on it and and they could have co-produced this album or this EP rather, then Mm. the beats would have been a little more fleshed out and they would have bumped that up to maybe a three or a three and a half for me, but solid middle of the road, two and a half. Yeah, maybe maybe a collab there would have elevated some of it a bit, possibly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, what'd you think on lyrics and flows? Lyrics and flows, I actually went with a three. I enjoyed the lyrics and flows on this one. I feel like they came in and they hit hard with the beats. I feel like the lyrics were, even though they were a little, you know, not as deep as we like or maybe not as funny as we like i think the lyrics and flows were were pretty solid but pretty solid three uh i went with a 2.5 just because i i didn't think that they were bad i just thought that they were kind of you know middle of the road bare minimum did what you needed to do to keep it from being a, a not good you know so 2.5 right. you know and, and honestly i i came to a three because i thought okay the lyrics were a two the flows were a four meet in the middle right yeah there you go um yeah yeah because the lyrics definitely were the the weak leg of that score agree well skits and interludes what do you got uh you know i thought there was one or two that were pretty clever on here uh i like the dancing skit and i thought that the uh the store skit was interesting not particularly funny or anything but kind of cool and then there was some stuff that wasn't great um I went with a two here. Okay. That's lower than I thought you would. I went with a yeah. three. Yeah. I heavily enjoyed most of the skits and interludes. Um, you're right. The store one wasn't funny, it, you know, per se, but it was saying something and it was interesting. It, it held my attention. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah. I just, some of it just felt like, why did you, I don't know, why'd you put it on here? But not yeah. that they were bad. I just, I didn't personally love what they did. What about vibe at the time of release? So this one, they're finally getting back into more of a hip hop sound. Hmm. Although I gave this a, a two, uh, definitely scored this pretty low because look at the top 10. I mean, yeah. these are well-produced top to bottom albums you know yes this and this felt very much so like them which i love it that they it felt like they're kind of back at their roots a little bit but it did not feel like a professional touring act 
that has had multiple, you know, blown up records, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of weak in that regard. And I also, I went with a two, um, partially because I felt like they, they didn't read the room properly, uh, with this one. Um, I think it was, it couldn't, I, I cannot be the only one that when this came out went, all right, that's all I needed to know. Thanks guys. It's been good. Yeah. Catch you later. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, our overall score when you put everything together is a 2.5 Fagos. Well, Hey, ICP, the calm, that is a pretty deserved score. I think that that is very indicative of our thoughts. Yeah. And I think you liked it more than me. And I wonder how much of that comes down to our personal histories with them and just listening to it. I don't know, but yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think I did enjoy it. I think what I enjoyed most about it, and maybe this is because I'm listening to it, you know, all this material in such a quick amount of time. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that I like, I felt so good and positive that I didn't hear any rock influence. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you listen to these releases in real time, you're not thinking terrible, shitty rock influences because it's not fresh on your mind when this comes out. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, although you, I mean, there's no doubt you will see a change. You will hear a change. But I feel like the change is heard way more drastic when I'm listening to all of this in the first, you know, for the first time in a matter of yeah. weeks, you know, a week I'm, in between. I'm so curious to see what happens after this, because I just like I said, I think I may have heard the Tempest, but I'm I don't know if I ever really listened to the whole thing or not. Um, I, I might have heard a bits of songs or something, but I have no idea from here. Like we they're off the track. Now we're officially off the track. We're yeah. we're we're into the unknown here, like uh, Anna and Elsa. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> we are. That's a Frozen Two reference for you, friend. And I and I, ugh. which is not a I, I a movie that I did not enjoy. Listen, Eric, we can each have a shitty movie reference once an episode. All right, <laughs> I did mine with the B movie reference. Okay, now you have this Frozen Two reference. No more animated movies re- uh, references. This episode, we will start fresh next week. Speaking okay. of next week, next episode, we're reviewing 2005's Forgotten Freshness, Volume 4. Now, this is not going to... This is going to kind of put a pause on all of their new so- sounds and songs because obviously this is all previous stuff that's been forgotten and fresh. Um, and I'm very yeah. excited to get into Volume 4 with you, Eric. Um, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, it's kind of like take a step back before we take a step forward. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I wonder how much of it, like Forgotten Freshness 3, there was a lot of legitimately new material, and I'm curious to see if 4 is like that. I guess we'll find out. I'm very excited to see that as well. Until then, let's talk social media. Let's. I periodically use Twitter, and my handle on Twitter is... Nuclear is lonely. So hit me up. What about you, friend? Hit him up. You can find all of my content at www.locklearcomedy.com. I have links to YouTube, 
Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, all of that uh, are, is on there. You can also find me on Twitch streaming Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays evenings with some Saturdays mixed in between twitch.tv slash gristle media. Come hang out. We talk ICP on occasion. I know a couple people that are listening to this podcast also watch me on Twitch. Shouts out to you guys. Y'all are the elite people, I guess. You need to start a name for that group. You need to start like in your discord, a name, like a group. And you can, you can give designations to all the people that you know are part of both communities Ooh. and they can be like a special, special upper echelon tier. I think if I get enough people in the discord that also listen to the podcast, I will start some secret channels in the discord to just talk podcast. Um, I think that's a great idea. By the way, if you want to join my discord, we will link it in the um, description. I'll also tweet it out on the Twitter for the podcast, which is at ICUPWWE. So check us out on there. Um, But yes, we record these episodes in my discord. Obviously, yeah. you can't just hop in because I made a locked channel, but we're both a part of this discord. And uh, if we get some people in there that, that genuinely want to talk ICP, we'll we'll talk ICP with you. Yeah. Or about anything that we've discussed on any episode of the podcast or things you'd like us to discuss on the podcast or music in general or whatever. But like if you set up that group and you've got some like special tier of community, that's part of that. I'll jump in and I'll communicate in those conversations and and I'll be a participant. Let's do it guys. Let's do it. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Look for that in the coming weeks. Join the discord. If you're not joined already and um, we will talk about Halloween candy in the discord this week. Hey, yeah. Leading up to the big old all hollows Eve guys. Thank you so much for listening again uh, for Eric. I am Aaron big old whoop whoop out there to everybody. And we will see you next week. Whoop whoop. Okay, I'm back. Hello. Oh, hello. I'm back. Okay. Uh, me too. Uh, yeah.